Why don't you stand with me this morning if you can. Let's pray. Come on, let's get on your feet. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you all to lift your voice with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for the stories of what you're doing, the work that you're doing. Father, let it increase. Let it multiply, Lord, in my life. Come on, in my life, Lord, today, let it, let it increase exponentially. Let your work increase exponentially in my life today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pour out your spirit afresh and anew. Jesus, pour out your spirit afresh and anew. Jesus, pour out your spirit afresh and anew, Lord, in this region, in this region, in this area, Lord, let awakening, let revival, Lord, let it rip, let it come, Lord, let it come through the Great Lakes, Lord, let it come, Lord, through this region. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, open up the windows of heaven, Lord. Lord, open up the windows of heaven, Lord. Let souls be saved. Lord, let there be a harvest, Lord. Let har- it's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's harvest time. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's harvest time. Amen. Amen. If you're able to be seated, you can. It's John chapter 4 is where we're going. Media, just so you know, I'm not preaching the notes I sent you. So <laughs> so, so, just put up the scriptures as you're able. And John chapter 4, John chapter 4. How, let me see your Bibles this morning. Let me see your Bibles, your devices, whatever you're using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Good to see those Bibles. Hallelujah. We're not, I'm not going <laughs> to, I started to say the, the inevitable that the preacher should never say, but I'm going to say it. I'm not going to preach long. <laughs> I know the curse that comes when you say that. So, um, but uh, I, you know, in our prayer time this morning, prior to service, I felt the Lord, uh, uh, he actually completely changed the message I was going to preach and um, not only did he change it, he changed kind of where we're headed and what we're going to be doing in a few moments. But in just a few moments, we're going to take time to, to pray and lay hands on everyone, to pray and lay hands on everyone, that there's a commissioning coming in your life today. So the, the Lord's going to speak to you through this. I want you to tune in. You've probably heard this message before. You've probably heard this scripture before. But I want you to tune in because the Lord is going to speak to you today about your part and your role and what he's doing in this hour, what he's calling you to do. Tell somebody next to you, say, I have a calling. Every single one of you have a calling, and that doesn't necessarily, you know, everybody thinks calling means fivefold ministry, that you got to be behind the platform with the microphone. You have a calling to reap a harvest in your life. Uh, that, you missed your opportunity to shout. You have an opportunity to reap a harvest in your life. God's called you to be a reaper. He's called you to go out and to reap 
a harvest. We talk about sowing seed all the time, whether it's financially in our worship, the words that we say, but there's more than just sowing. God's called you to reap a harvest where you've not even sown, where you've not even labored, that you are entering. I want you to hear me. You, this church, Celebration Church, I feel this strong. This is a word from the Lord, that you are entering into a season of reaping a harvest. You're entering into the labors of others. You've gone, there are others who have gone on before. There are others who have sown seeds year upon year, labor upon labor, and we are entering into a season of reaping where we've not even sown. We're entering into the labor of others. My goodness, you, I, you need to turn to somebody and say, I'm, I'm reaping a harvest where I haven't even sown. I'm stepping in to the labor of others. There's others. I, I could name names, but we could talk about Catherine Kuhlman. We could talk about Ivy Campbell. We could talk about uh, McKinney. We could talk about, come on, somebody. There's a, there's a spiritual heritage in this region and it's time to step into the heart. Come on, don't look at me so religious. You need, some of you need to shake that religious off and engage in what God's called you to be today. And that's a harvester for the kingdom. There's a harvest of souls waiting outside those doors. The harvest fields, the Bible says, are white and ready for harvest. They're ready for you to engage. So, so I just want to take a look before I get too hit of myself. John chapter 4. We know the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, but just in, indulge me and let's, let's dive in. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed, everybody say needed. He needed to go through Samaria. This wasn't a place that the Jewish people would go out of their way to go. This was Gentile folk. We don't hang out with those people. And so Jesus says that he needed to go. The word there is it was his destiny to go there. It was predetermined. There was a woman sitting at a well who needed to hear the message of hope. She needed to hear about living waters. There was, there was a woman at the well who had bound her whole life was bound up in a relationship, trying to find the approval of men. And there was, a, there was a man named Jesus who needed to get to where she was. Come on, somebody. She, she had needed a bunch of men. She thought she did. She was going after all these men, trying to find something that would satisfy her. And, and lo and behold, Jesus came looking for her. I don't know if you've ever gone searching for something and you couldn't find it and you just kept looking, kept looking. Maybe it was your keys or your wallet or your whatever. You're going all through the house and then when it finds you, right, all of a sudden it pops out out of nowhere like, oh, where have you been my whole life? I've been looking for you. Been working, trying to find you, and then all of a sudden it just jumps out of you, just sitting on the kitchen table where it's been hanging out all day, where you put it the last time you had it. This woman had been spending her whole time looking for something to satisfy her, and Jesus showed up in the middle of her need and said, I'm all that you need. You've been searching, you've been looking, but you, daughter, have met a day with destiny. You're a daughter of destiny. 
destiny has walked into your life today, you don't need another man. And I want to tell you that you, God has called you and commissioned you to be a destiny moment for someone. There's someone in your life, there's someone in your world that is sitting at the well. They're thirsty, they're looking, they're searching, and they don't know what they need. They don't even know that they don't know. But you, my friend... Have a date with destiny. Jesus has orchestrated the the path of your life to intersect with that person at a divine moment. I wish somebody would help me this morning. There's somebody in your life that God has intersected divine moments. Open up your eyes. Open up your ears and see the moments that exist right in front of you. It is needed of you to go the way that you've gone because Jesus is orchestrating the steps of your life. There's somebody sitting at a well that needs to hear your story. So he goes into Samaria and he he comes in to a little town called Sikar near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now we know geography. We know where we're at. Jacob's well was there. And, 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 And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, isn't that interesting? Jesus got tired Jesus got tired. He was never late, but he got tired when he walked. Anyway, there, there you go. That's a free one. So don't act all spiritual when you get tired going through life. I don't know why I'm so tired. Because you've been walking. You've been working. It's okay to sit down and take a break. Come on now. It's okay to sit down by the well and have a break. Take care of yourself. Jesus sat down. Anyway, we'll just keep going. So he sat down, and it was about the sixth hour, it was about noon, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water. He, he, not, only was, not only was he tired and thirsty, it was lunchtime. It was time to eat. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now that's an odd thing to say to somebody. An absolute stranger that not only is this person a stranger, it is a Samaritan stranger, and it's a woman. Why is Jesus talking to a woman, Samaritan, sitting at a well, asking her for a drink? Obviously, he's aware of something she's not. He sees something in her she doesn't. And he initiates a conversation. It's an easy conversation, but he he starts a conversation. Give me a drink. Isn't it, just remember when Jesus started the conversation with you, you were unsuspecting and he, he just got your attention with the least little thing. The simplest thing got your attention and drew you in. Anyway, so he has a conversation and his disciples had gone off into the city to buy food. They totally missed the whole thing. You know, that, that's, I, I just want to pause there. The disciples missed the whole conversation. They could have been a part of this woman's life-changing moment. But they were more concerned about their natural hunger than they were someone's spiritual hunger. You might be sitting here thinking about that Mickey D's or that Applebee's or that whatever, Bob Evans, God help you. Wherever, more concerned about your natural things than spiritual things and miss your moment or someone else's moment even with God. And they totally missed it. They missed out. They were in the city. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me as Samaritan woman? So she got it. 
she got the she she understood the laws. All she could see, do you hear that? All she could see was the law. All, all she could see was the right and the wrong, and she missed reality. Sometimes we can miss reality because all we see is what's right or what's wrong or, or what we've been taught or what's religious, that thing. And Jesus is in the moment trying to work a miracle. And she said, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus said to her, if you knew, if you understood the reality, the gift of God, who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You're busy, you're busy talking about things on the surface. You're busy talking about things on the, on the surface level. But if you would just open up your eyes, if you could open up your spiritual eyes and understood who was sitting here. I'm not just asking you for a drink. I'm releasing something into your life in this moment that if you'll just, if you could just give me what's in your hand, if you could just take that, that bucket of water, if you can just release that, just get rid of that bucket that you're holding on to. Come on now. But we want to hang on to our bucket. We want to hold on to our water. But Jesus, you don't know what I've been through to get this water. You don't know the man that i got to deal with when I get home, when I don't have that water. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. You don't, you don't know what's lurking behind my home door. When I get home, this bucket of water's got to deal with that. And so you're asking me to give up my comfort. You're asking me to give up my control. You're asking me to give up what I can trying to control this situation because when I get home, I need this bucket of water to deal with life. And, and she missed who was sitting in front of her, the gift of God. that was. If you can just give up the bucket, you'll get his gift. If you can just give up the bucket, he'll give you the gift of living water. But you got to be willing to give up that bucket. you got to be willing to give up what's in your hand for an exchange of living water. I promise you that if you'll give up the bucket of doing it your own way, I promise you if you'll give up the bucket of control, I promise when you begin to release what's in your hand, living water will begin to flow into your life. God, I want revival. Then give up what's in your hand. God, I want an awakening. I want to see my city saved. Then you've got to get rid of that bucket. You've got to get rid of what you're comfortable with. You've got to step outside of the normal religious garbage, the rules and the laws that have you hemmed in, and recognize the gift of God that's staring you in the face. God, I want awakening. I want revival. Open your eyes. He's staring at you right now. He's standing, looking in your eyes, saying, I'm ready. I'm willing. Will you yield? Will you give up that bucket? Tell somebody next to you, say, give the bucket up. Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. If you knew, implies she doesn't know. She's sitting there having a conversation with an absolute stranger. And at this point, he's an absolute stranger. I think sometimes we come into church and we have a conversation with the Lord and he's an absolute stranger. He's trying to speak to us about our buckets. He's trying to deal with us about living water. And all we want to talk about is our problems. 
And he's just saying, would you give up the blasted problem? I've called you to live in living water. I've called you to dance in the river, and you're still back at, woe is me. I'm trying to find some sort of happiness in this life. And Jesus is saying, if you knew who was sitting in front of you, if you knew who was standing here in your midst today, I leaned over to Jen at one point. Every once in a while in the building during worship, the cloud of his glory moves in. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but standing up here on the pulpit, you can just you can see the haze that moves in into the building. It's awesome. He's standing in your midst. Are you willing to give up the bucket? If you knew, if you knew him. If you knew him, John said, we've seen him, we've beheld him, we've touched him, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. We've seen him, and of his fullness we've received. What are you drinking out of today? Are you drinking of his fullness? John said, of his fullness we've received grace for grace, grace upon grace, grace upon grace. We're drinking in the spiritual waters, intoxicating waters. Are you drinking in them waters today? Are you drinking... Out of broken cisterns, Jeremiah said, broken cisterns that can't satisfy. They don't hold water. You're spending all of your money, all of your time, all of your effort, all of your energy in things that can't satisfy. Jesus is standing with this woman and saying, your bucket's broken. Drink of the rivers of living water. Those drugs won't satisfy you. Those relationships won't satisfy you. That computer won't satisfy you. What's on your phone won't satisfy you. Whatever measure of success in this life, you want, it won't satisfy you. There's got to come a time and a point in your life like the woman who is at the well and says, I'm giving up my bucket. I'm leaving the bucket at the well and I'm drinking of living waters. You gotta make it. I, I'm preaching way better than you're shouting this morning. I, it's time. I gotta leave the bucket behind. I gotta leave the bucket of what I'm trying to find in this life. I've gotta leave it behind. If you want revival, if you want awakening, listen, it's, revival is more than just goosebumps and falling on the floor. I said revival is more than just having goosebumps and falling on the floor. Thank God for that. And we want signs and wonders and miracles and all those things. But revival is an awakening in the church that changes the world around it. Why are you shouting me down now? I said revival is about the church getting awakened and affecting the world around it. There's got to be a fire on the inside of you. There's got to be a living water that's burst. Spring up a well within my soul. Oh, God, let the river, the spring of living water flood up in my soul again. It's, eh, the bucket can't spring up. That bucket can't spring up. That relationship can't spring up. That measure of success that you have can't spring up. But when you get to the wells of salvation, you can drink your fill. Isaiah says, I will drink from the wells of salvation with joy. There is a well that will spring up in my soul. There is a well that I can drink from with joy. There is, I can rejoice in my salvation. Living waters, living waters. 
Give up the bucket, man. Give up that bucket and drink living waters. <laughs> Some of you are wondering, what is going on this morning? She, did, she didn't see. She didn't see. She didn't know the gift of God was standing right there. She didn't know it. And listen, it may not come in the package you want it to. She was a Samaritan. He was a Jew. She was a woman. He was another man. And the, yeah, another man didn't come in the package she wanted it to. But living water was staring her in the face. Sometimes God shows up in a way that we don't expect, in a way that we may not want. He may put you in a church with some Holy Ghost, fire-baptized Southern preacher who talks funny and everything else just to wake you and shake you out of your religious slumber so that his fire can touch. Sometimes God will put you in a position where you find yourself overwhelmed with supernatural joy and you are laughing and laughing. You're like, I don't laugh. Why am I laughing? I'd rather, I'm happy being sad and depressed. And he's got me laughing. Sometimes he shows up in tongues of fire. And you're like, why am I praying in this unknown language? That's the very thing that gets your life in order. Give up the bucket of what you think and have a drink. Have a drink. She didn't need a drink of religion. She needed a drink from the Ezekiel 47 river. Mm-hmm. The last thing that you need is another drink from earthly things that don't satisfy. Ephesians 5.18 says, be being filled. Have, have another drink of the Spirit. Have another drink. Don't get caught up drinking in, in, the, in the drinks and the beverages of this world. Have a drink of the Holy Ghost. Have another drink. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Singing to one another, making melody in your heart. On and on, Ephesians 5.18. But anyway, let's get back to this woman at the well. He said, you, you, if you knew who it is who says to give me a drink, you would have asked him. You would have asked him. I'm asking you, but I'm humbling myself asking you, but if you understood what was happening in the moment, you would have asked for something. Let me, let me just let that percolate in you for a second. If you understood who was in the room. See, when, when blind Bartimaeus was hanging out on the roadside, blind Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't see. Right? I know this is really complex. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to make it simple. He was blind Bartimaeus. For a reason. He couldn't see. He's sitting and hanging out. Want money. But when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he didn't say to Jesus, Jesus, I want a, I want a new Rolls Royce. I'd like a million dollar mansion. No. Jesus, he, he asked for what he needed in that moment, and it was to have his sight. He understood who was walking by in the moment, and he, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. So, I mean, he was driving the crowds crazy because he was trying to get 
a healing. There was something that he needed from the master. And I, I would just dare say, like this woman at the well, if you understood the times and the season and the hour in which you live, if you understood what Jesus was doing in the moment, you wouldn't be asking questions about, God, how can I live my best life today? You'd be asking questions about, Lord, how can we see my city transformed? Lord, I want to see my family born again. Lord, I want to see my my sons and my daughters saved. God, I want to see my world. Come on, somebody. I know I just offended somebody. But if you knew who was sitting at the table with you. You see, when I, when I go, uh, you know, every once in a while we go eat and hang out with people. And I, I love having, you know, when we have guest ministers in town, like to get to hang out with our friends and hang out. But, but when we sit down at the table and hang out with our pastor friends and people in from out of town, I don't want to just chit-chat about the normal whatever's going on in life. I want to know what's happening, what God's speaking to them. I want to know what God's doing, what's happening in their ministry. What's, what's God saying to them? What are they seeing? What's God doing? So i got to understand when I'm sitting at the table who I'm sitting with. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when, when, when you understand the seasons in which you live, you got to understand who you're sitting with. Jesus is at the well sitting down with you. It's not time to talk about politics. Uh, you didn't hear me. I'll say it again, and you're going to send me an ugly letter, and I know I'm going to hear about it. It's not time to sit and talk about politics when Jesus is sitting at the well. It's time to start saying, Jesus, awaken my city. God, what are you saying about the Great Lakes region? God, what are you saying about my family? God, I'm asking you for an awakening in our country. I know the politics are screwed up. So you knew that way before I did. So wake us up, Jesus. Wake up our country. Wake up our city. Know who's sitting there with you. Know the seasons. Know the hour. Know the gift of God that's sitting there. Rivers of living water are sitting in your presence. Right now. Right now. Rivers are flowing in this place. Right now. Rivers of living water are flowing in this place. And you can choose to sit at the well and say, well, I'm just thirsty. And leave the church and be thirsty. Or you can come to the rivers. (laughs) So, back to the woman. And Jesus' answer said to her, whoever drinks of this water. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, I could pause there and preach for a while, but I'm not. I'm just going to keep going. Verse 15 says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. This is probably the first time in her life that somebody's trying to intersect a cycle. There's something. 
She's used to, she's used to just living in the cycle. I go to the well, I get a drink. I go home to Bozo. I come to the well, I get a drink, and I go home to Bozo. I come, I, right? And a moment, she, there's hope. What do you, I don't have to come get water and go deal with Bozo anymore. <laughs> So much so, she recognizes that you think I'm being funny, but Jesus, watch what he says, verse 16. She, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. See, there was something on the inside of her that came, I don't have to keep going through this same cycle. I don't have to keep dealing with the same problem. I don't have to keep trying to find success in this life and deal. So Jesus speaks to the heart, says, yeah, go get your husband. <laughs> and what she do? Fear. I don't have a husband. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever seen those? I love those. When the Holy Ghost says something, and you're like, God says, I don't know that. Not me. <laughs> no. Yes, you. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. You have five. <laughs> And the one you're with isn't your husband. Uh-oh. <laughs> Drinking from the well just changed. <laughs> I ain't coming back to this well no more. <laughs> I ain't going to that church no more. They tell me what my sin is. I don't want to know what my sin is. I like my sin. I don't want, I don't, don't, don't tell me to change. I like the fact that I have five husbands and, and I'm going on and on and on. Don't tell me how I need to change. I got this under control. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. And the woman said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> I love that. That's one of those classic lines in the Bible. You think? <laughs> Durr. You know, this. Durr. Just write that in your Bible. Durr. <laughs> you think? But isn't that funny? Just how we were. You're a prophet. And she says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you, you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you'll neither worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Worship the Father. So he speaks to her about, again, these, these religious rules. And it's not about where you worship. You're going to worship the Father. Who you worship is what's important, not where. You worship what you do not know. You know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So there's, there's a whole other sermon right there. Spirit and truth. Spirit, listen, spirit and truth have to kiss. You know, if, let me, I'll just say this. If, you don't, if you're all spirit and no truth, you'll be like a kite flying off into whatever wind of doctrine comes blowing your way. You're tossed by whatever's happening in the world around you. You can be all, all the opposite of that, all truth, and be headlocked. Well, it's got to be this, this, and all you're consumed with is what's the truth, and what's the truth, and what's the truth, and what's the truth, and have no spirit. But when spirit and truth kiss, when they meet, worship the Father in spirit and truth, that's powerful. Because now you have both reality and experience. It's like truth is, 
you know, if you want to, if you want, I don't know what the biggest airplane is these days, a jumbo jet, whatever, one of those big blah, blah, blah air jet things that fly through the air. You know what I'm talking about, the big ones. If you want a big one, 747, they're bigger than that these days. You got the Airbus and all those. If you want one of them big Airbuses to land at your airport, you got to have a big runway, right? If you want a big airplane, you have to have a big runway. And so truth is creating the runway. It's creating the space. And then you can land a Holy Ghost plane, right? But you've got to have truth. You have to have understanding of what the Holy Spirit wants to do and what he says. He will lead you into all truth. But you've got to create a space by the truth, by the word of God, that the Holy Spirit's going to use in your life. Okay, so that's spirit and truth. We, I, I, we love spirit and we love truth. We love it together. We want them together. When we worship, we worship in spirit and truth. When we minister, we do so in spirit and truth, right? Okay. There's a lot there. I, I, I don't have time. I'm going to keep rolling. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. The anointed one is coming. And when he comes, he'll teach us all things. And Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. <laughs> Stop searching. Stop looking for something else. He's here. He's looking in, right in your face. He's here. And then at that point, the disciples show up. Well, well, boys, we've had a great conversation. Where you been? Right? You missed the whole thing. And they're looking. Why is he talking to her? And the verse 28. Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot. She came looking for a drink, but she got rivers of living water. She came looking to draw water up out of, out of the well, but she got rivers of living water. She didn't need that pot no more. She didn't need the bucket no more. She left it behind because she got what she was really after and didn't know she was after. She got rivers. Does anybody hear me this morning? She got rivers of living water, and she left her water pot behind. She left her issues behind. And what did she do? She went her way into the city and said to the men, she was really popular with them. They knew her. And who did she go to? The men. <laughs> and she said, what? Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the anointed one, Christ? And they went out of the city and came to him. She told them her story. She told them what Jesus had done for her. She told her about the living water that she was drinking from. She told, they, she told them about her story. You have a story. You've got to be willing to leave the bucket behind and go tell your story. There's a city full of people who need to know. There are people in your world who need to hear the Samaritan story of your life. They need to hear about the rivers. Come on now. No, you were all shouting me down earlier. But you got now you tell me I gotta go share a story. Yeah, you've got something on the inside of you. There's a story on the inside of you. The Bible says that they overcame him, the devil, by the word of their testimony. I'm convinced that there are a lot of reasons that people are bound up in church because they're not telling their testimony. 
You got to tell your story. Tell it over, tell it over, tell it over, tell it over. Remind yourself, remind the devil, remind the people around you of what God has done in your life. And the story continues. What he's doing yesterday is not the same thing that he's doing today. And surely he's not going to be the end of it tomorrow. He's doing a work in your life. Tell the story. So she left her water pot. She goes and tells the story. And the city comes out. The disciples are still worried about Jesus eating, by the way. In verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? You know, and Jesus is telling them, you know the seasons of harvest time. You know when, when, when the harvesters need to go out into the fields. You know when you need to sow your seed and you know when you need to go out and harvest. Right? You know when the crops are ready. You know when the fruit's ready to be picked off the tree. You know when, when it's harvest time. And that's what he's saying. You know. Four months comes the harvest. We're ready to roll. And he said, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. In other words, he's looking over the city. He's looking over the crowds that are coming out because of one woman's story. He's looking at the crowds of people. The disciples are worried about the logistics. And Jesus is just saying, look at the crowds. The disciples are, are worried about their bellies. And Jesus is saying, just look at the crowds. Look at the crowds around you. The harvest is ready. It's harvest time. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's harvest time. Verse 37 says, for in this, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered in to their labors. You're entering in to the labors of others. Verse 39 says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed. Everybody say, many. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. What's your testimony? What's Jesus done? The woman, he told me all that I ever did. He knew. He knew the stories. He knew the secrets. He knew the inner thoughts. He knew. And he told me. He revealed all. I had a drink of waters that satisfied. Then they said to the woman, verse 42, Now we believe, not because of what you said, but for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Her story it wasn't some eloquent sermon, three-point poem. It was what? He told me all that I ever did. She just told her story. She just told her story. You have a story to tell. You have an encounter with Christ. He's commissioned you. 
He's commissioned you. Everybody say he's commissioned me. He's commissioned you to go into all the nations. In verse, Matthew 28, verse 18, he says, Jesus came and spoke to them. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go. 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 And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. You have a story. You have an anointing. Heather read it this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim. You have a message. You have an anointing. You have a message. You have an encounter. There's rivers of living water flowing on the inside of you. And right now, right now, everybody say right now. There are people who need to hear your story. And they need to encounter the Jesus of living water that's flowing in your life. You say, Pastor, I, I'm, that's, I believe in what you're saying and I say amen to it, but I'm a little intimidated. Has anybody ever been intimidated by telling your story? Don't lie. Raise your hand. But what happens? I want you to rewind the clock with me before we go to pray. I want you to rewind the clock. This woman didn't stop and ask herself, wow, what are they going to think? If I go in and I start telling them all that I've done and what Jesus did for me, what are they going to think? She didn't ask that question. She went into the city and she told them the story. What prompts that? To say, because you've had an encounter. You've had an experience. It's real. It's overflowing. The rivers of living water are overflowing out of your life. It's not just getting your foot into the ankle deep, but it's living in the incrossable. It's living in the place of overflow. That's where you got to live, living in the waters, drinking of living waters. If, you're, if your experience with Christ has gotten a little dehydrated, then have a drink. If, you're, if your encounter with the Lord has gotten a little dehydrated, then have a drink. If, if, if you have a hard time opening up your mouth and telling the story that maybe the rivers of living water aren't overflowing out of your life, have a drink. I wrote down what I was going to preach, and I hadn't, didn't get there, but I wrote down dehydration. How do you know you're dehydrated in the natural? Some common signs if you're dehydrated. Dry mouth. Anybody been dry mouth? Fatigue. You're tired, slow, weak. You can't cry. Your eyes stop making tears. You have muscle cramps. Muscles cramp up. You feel weak. Heart palpitations. Let me, let me help you. If you're spiritual dehydrated, how do you know? Because you start speaking, you're, you have dry mouth, you start speaking words of defeat and discouragement and fear. There's not life coming out of your mouth. You got dry mouth. Maybe, you, maybe your tongues, your heavenly language is dried up. You've got dry mouth. Maybe you've got spiritual fatigue. Let everybody else do it. I'm tired. I don't need to, I don't need to engage. I don't need to tell my story. Somebody else has a story. I'm tired. I'm, I'm just going to lay here. I'm just going to sit on my pew. Somebody else can worship. Spiritual fatigue. I'm tired. I've been working too hard. I've done all this before. I don't need to do this. I'm going spiritual dehydration, loss loss of passion. You can't. There's no tears. You can't cry. There's no passion. You've lost your passion. What used to your heart used to be sensitive to the things of the Lord. 
You're, you're, you used to, I mean, somebody would tell their story, and it would just inflame and pass your heart, and you just shout with the best of them, and the passion and the joy of the Lord was overflowing in your life, and now you, you hear the story, and it's just like, oh, that was great. Next. Oh, that's good. And you move on. You've lost your spiritual passion. You've lost your zeal for the, for the house of the Lord. I don't have to go to church today. It's okay. They won't miss me. Y'all were shouting earlier. Where'd you go? Is anybody out there? Just talking about spiritual dehydration. Muscle cramps and weakness. Oh, yeah. Just simple spiritual disciplines frustrate you. Easily agitated. I can't do it. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to give. Spiritual dehydration. Heart palpitations. Your, your heart's out of sync with the word. Your heart's not beating with the things of the Lord. And it starts beating for worldly things. Your heart's out of sync. I'm just talking about spiritual dehydration. How, the great news is there's living waters. Those are just some, those are some checkups. Those are some easy ways to say, mm, where's, my, where's my spiritual, where, where, where am I at on drinking from the river? When pastor says, let's pray, and I'm just, are they done praying yet? Or is there an overflow out of my heart? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Whew. When they say we're going to have an outreach, thank you, Jesus. You need a bus driver? Amen. Sign me up. I'm gonna, I'll go pick everybody in the neighborhood up. They need to come to church. Get their tushes in church and get set free. Hallelujah. Let me, let, me, let me just say this. Say, Pastor, you're stepping on my toes this morning. I heard you say, ouch, that's okay. I heard it was under your breath, through your mask. I got it. I heard it. Ouch. I'm not drinking. Then have a drink. COVID, I, I want to say this, and this is all I'm going to say about it, but COVID and and, and stress and all that's gone on this past year, if you're not careful, we get our focus on life, we get our focus on the things that are happening around us, and we stop drinking. We stop receiving. We stop taking in. And this is your wake up. This is your, this is your hello. It's the, it's the echo call of the Lord saying, have a drink. Get back into the river. Have a drink and tell the story of the Lord. Have a drink. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand with me this morning?